Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. Former President Trump has returned to New York ahead of his surrender tomorrow after being indicted by a grand jury. The charges against Mr. Trump will be unsealed tomorrow amid extraordinary security and heavy police presence around the courthouse in Lower Manhattan. The former president has railed against his prosecution unrelentingly since word of this indictment leaked last week. He's warned of death and destruction if Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg proceeds with this case, rallying his supporters to oppose what Trump calls political persecution and, of course, raising a lot of campaign cash through constant emails. After he's booked and arraigned tomorrow, shortly after 11 in the morning hour time, Mr. Trump plans to fly back to Mar-a-Lago in Florida and deliver a speech. That'll come around 5 o'clock our time. For more on what's coming and what could happen next, we are joined live today on the KCBS Wing Central Newsline by Dr. Lawrence Rosenthal, chair and lead researcher of the Berkeley Center for Right-Wing Studies at UC Berkeley. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, so, so far, um, Trump is playing the victim. He's being persecuted. It's all a witch hunt. That seems to be playing very well with his base. Well, what do you make of how he's playing this and the positive reaction to it from his core supporters? Well, it, there, there's, two, there's two dimensions to look at. One is the, the core supporters being the, uh, the, essentially the, the MAGA universe. That's on the one hand. And on the other hand, there's the Republican Party itself. I think that, you know, the the uh, outstanding question relative to the supporters is whether there will be something like uh, what we saw January 6th. In other words, there has been the kind of provocation from uh, uh, Donald Trump that we saw before January 6th. Um, but I think the circumstances are so different now from January 6th that it's unlikely. I mean, if, if, uh, if you think back, for example, if you had been watching uh, January 6th uh, in real time, at least from my point of view, perhaps the most extraordinary thing was the sense of impunity of the people who invaded the Capitol. They would have their pictures taken. They would kind of pose for television cameras and things of that nature. That sense of impunity is gone. The, the uh, arrival of a new Justice Department, which has pursued with you know, great um, energy the people who were involved in January 6th, and many of them are now in jail, um, that sense of impunity, which permitted January 6th, I think is gone. 
so that um, it seems to me unlikely that you're going to get anything which resembles what we saw on January 6th. There may be, of course, things like lone wolf attacks, um, but they are unlikely to be many of them or or a significant um, uh, experience of that in New York. They may take place elsewhere where where uh, people are less mobilized to prevent it. Insofar as as the Republican Party has responded to the um, uh, the indictment, um, basically the the support uh, he, that Trump has gotten um, and the way in which his lead has improved over, according to the polls over um, Ron DeSantis is very striking. If I were to, as succinctly as I can, uh, explain the response of the Republican Party, it would be that no one in the party wants to be the next Liz Cheney. Hmm. That is to say, Liz Cheney became persona non grata um, and in fact lost her, her seat in, in a Republican primary by being uh, uh, explicit about the criminal nature of what Donald Trump was involved in relative to January 6th. Um, it, uh, with very few exceptions, at least very few that I can see, the, the uh, Republican Party is avoiding anything like you know, even faintly like the criticism that um, somebody like Liz Cheney indulged in. I want to uh, go back to what you were talking about with uh, with regards to the insurrection. Uh, the judge could very well issue a gag order in this case. Um, and if that happens, do you think Trump runs the risk of violating such an order? Or do you think he would comply? It's a very good question. Um, you know, one one answers a question like that based on a judgment of uh, Trump's um, history and, in some extent, his his uh, uh, personality. Um, the the history and the personality suggests someone who who finds it extremely difficult uh, to keep, to to keep quiet. To not express what what he feels, um, for him to uh, respond appropriately to a gag order would be uh, remarkably out of character and out of his practice over the years. Uh, I think, to some extent, you could call this a test case. Here he is faced with uh, uh, legal rep- repercussions if he does speak out if there's a gag order and um you know he may have a calculation or even an instinct that says i will break this this gag order because that's what my persona public persona is that's what people love about me that's what his followers love about him and he may play to that audience Well, there's a lot more I'd like to talk to you about, but I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Lawrence Rosenthal, chair and lead researcher at the Berkeley Center for Right-Wing Studies at UC Berkeley. We'll see how this all plays out tomorrow and in the days and weeks ahead. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.